First Kings chapter 20, and verse number 22, And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself, and mark and see what thou for the return of the year of the king of Syria will come up against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of the hills, therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plains, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing, take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in his room. And number thee the, an army like the army of those thou hast lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot. And we will fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto the voice and did so. And it came to pass as the return of the year at Benadad, a number of the Syrians went up against Athak and fought against Israel. And the children of Israel numbered and were all present and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians' army filled the country. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I dis deliver all this great multitude into thy hand. You shall know that I am the Lord. They pitched over against the other seven days and then said it was so. That the seventh day the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day. But the rest of fl fled to Apec and to the city, and there a wall fell upon twenty and seven thousand of the men that were left at Benadab, and fled and came into the city into the inner chambers. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we just thank you for your mercy, grace, and love. We thank you for your, your goodness, Lord. We just thank you for each one that's here this morning. Open our hearts and our minds that we may be what we stand in need of, Lord. Help us to look and see that you are God of the mountain, and you're also God in the valleys, Father. We'll just praise you. We thank you, and we give up. Empty yourself and fill me with our spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. If you read the first 21 verses of this chapter in chapter 21, we're finding the country has been invaded by the king of Syria. The army was larger, the army of uh, than Israel. They had they had more men. They had more firepower. They had, they were outmanned. They were outgunned, and then they invaded the land. But God gave them the victory in the mountains, in the hills. The Bible said they fought up the hills, and God turns the tables and gives the victory over the enemy. God does the impossible. And aren't you glad that uh, we serve a God that uh, uh, can do the impossible? Amen. I'm glad that I don't serve a God that can do what I can do. Uh, but I'm glad that I serve a God that can do more and exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think. I'm glad of that. Uh, this story goes about this missionary. He was out in a, a far country and he was, uh, he was uh, trying to build up a mission over there, trying to get people converted over there. And he was having a struggle, and he was fighting and everything. And, and one of the guys that was there says, uh, 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 Preacher, you know what you ought to do? You ought to get you one of those gods like we got. We can carry this God around everywhere we go. Every time I get in trouble, I've got my God in my pocket. I can carry it. And that preacher looked at him and says, You know what? I don't want a God that I can carry. 
I want a God that can carry me. Amen. I, I thank God that uh, hey, it's not me. It's all about God. I thank God he carries me. Here they find that what God is big enough to handle the army and the adversary and the obstacles that had, had come in their life. Uh, today, let me say this, that he has not changed. He is the same today, yesterday and today and forever. God is not saying he's able to handle the adversaries. He's able to handle the obstacles and trials uh, of your times past, and he can do it today. Amen. He's not changed. He still can do that. But as you know, the enemy fled from them. They, they had defeated them. God gave them the victory and the enemy fled. But how many of you know that the devil doesn't always run away and don't come back? The enemy is coming back. Let me just say this. The devil is not going to just say, hey, you've got the victory today. I'm going to walk away and I don't worry about you. I can't come against you. Hey, the devil's sitting up and waiting for you tomorrow morning. All hell's camped at your front door. You walk out and the devil's right there with you. Amen. Uh, he's coming back at you. He might not be there tomorrow, but you can rest assured. You get victory today. God gives you the victory today. The devil is coming back sometime or another to right back at you. He's not going to stop. And that's what this army is doing. They said, hey, God gave them the victory of the mountains. You know, God gave them the victories in the hills. But he surely ain't good enough. He surely ain't good enough in the plains. They, they level a charge against God. They said, hey, he's God in the mountains. He can do awesome things. He's an amazing God in the mountains. But if we get him, get them down in that dark place, we get them on that, uh, in that valley, and we get them down in there, uh, surely we'll be able to feed them because God is not God in the plains. God is not God in the dark time. God is not God in the valley. Let me just say this. Uh, I don't say this but often, but God is God. I've been a lot of things. I've been before. A lot of places I've been in valleys and I found out that God is still God. Amen. They said, Hey, he's not God in the valleys. They said, If you get him down in that dark place, he ain't good enough. He ain't powerful enough to bring him through. And they were way down low in the valley. And we'll fight against them and we'll win. We find this charge that they charge against God was only half right. They said that he's God on the mountain. And that is correct. He is God on the mountain. And I'm glad that God is the God of my mountains. God is the God of the mountaintop experiences. Amen. When I've got clothes on my back and shoes on my feet and I've got money in my pocket and, and food in the cabinets, health in my body, everything is going good in my life and the sun is shining, you can say, mark it down, that this day God gave it to you. You might say, that, hey, you know what God is? The book said every good gift, every perfect gift, Comes from above. Cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variance, neither shadow of turning. I'm glad when things are good in my life, I can mark it down, trace it down, track it back, right to the doorsteps of heaven, of the heavenly Father. I'm glad that I know when things are going right in my life, God gave them to me. 
But listen, don't you ever forget it today. It, it seems like God is being too good to his people today. He's been good for too long for his people today. And they start thinking, hey, that was me. I've done this. I've done that. I've been doing this. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. And we start forgetting the good things that God has given us and God has done for us. And I say, any good thing that I can point to has always been from God. I know where all the good things come from. You say, I don't have something I have worked hard for it. Listen, you may worked hard for it, but who gave you the breath to work hard for it? Who put the beat in your heart to work for it? The breath in your lungs, the heartbeat in yours is held in the hands of an almighty God. And we ought to look toward the heavens of God and thank Him for all the blessings that He has given us. God has been good to us. The first half of the charge is completely correct. God is God of the mountains. He is God in the hills. But they said he ain't God in the valleys. They said he's not good down yonder. The things that they did in the mountain, the things that he did in the mountains, he cannot do down in the valley. He cannot do down in the plains. He cannot do that. He's not able to help them in the plains. And surely, if we come against him, and surely if the devil says we come against him in the valley, God is not going to be able to help them through Can I say this? The first part of the charge is absolutely false. This part is false. I'm glad to report to you, yes, he is God on the mountain. He is God in the hills. But can I say, when everything has bottomed out in my life, I don't have two pennies to rub. I don't have any food in my stomach. My health has left my body. I, every, every, everything that is unfortunate has happened to me. I made those unfortunate trips to the hospital. I've been to the funeral home. When everything in my life has been turned upside down, when the job's gone wrong and church has gone wrong, my home's gone wrong, God is still God. He's still on the throne. He's still being good to us today. There's those that when everything's going good in their life, they're on God's side, amen. They're serving God. They're shouting the praises of God when everything's going good. I've got food at home. I've got money in my pocket. All the bills have been paid. They're certainly on God's side. But let me just say this. When they hit that valley, when everything goes away and they don't have money, their health has left them and everything's been turned upside down. That's when they turn and walk away from God. I like to tell you, stuff standing here today, that I have not been everything I ought to be. I haven't been everything I ought to be being down in the valleys. I would love to stand here and tell you that every time I've been through the valley, I stood and praised God and gave Him glory and gave Him all this. I would love to tell you that. I'd I, I, I love to say I've never asked God why. 
Why am I going through this? Why am I in the middle of this? Why? why? I'd love to state I've never questioned God, never doubted God, even in the valleys. I've never said, God, I don't understand. I'd love to say that, but I can't. I, I can't say that. There, there have been times when I've been down in that valley and I've been there. I looked up to heaven and I said, God, why? Why, Lord? Why? Why is this happening? What brought this on? What did I do, Lord? Where is this coming from, God? You know, in times in the valley, you might start doubting God. You get down in that valley and say, where, where is God at? But may I say this, everything that he has said he would be, he's going to be down in my valley. He, 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 he's God of my mountaintops, but he's also God in my valley. Everything he's promised me on the mountaintop, he's promised me down in the valley. Everything that he said he would be on the mountaintop, he said, I'll be in the valley. I'm not changing. I'll be there with you. Sometimes we lose sight of him. Sometimes we get distracted down in the valley and we just understand God is still God. He's still lily of the valley. Amen. I'm glad that when my wife doesn't understand the congregation doesn't understand. My friends don't understand. I'm glad there's a lily down in the valley that does understand. Preaching this morning on victories in your valleys. He's just not God on the mountain, but He's God in the valley as well. Victories in your valley. You may be sitting right here right now and you're going through a valley and been in that valley for a long time. You might have been gotten the same time like some of us does and we get in there and we look in the valleys and we just get up and throw, uh, throw our hands up in God and say, hey God, I don't understand. But let me say this, God is with you. He has not left you. Preaching on victories in your valley. There's some things I'd like to show you then we'll go home. Amen. I know you're number 27. And the children of Israel were, were numbered and were all present. I mean, the whole nation of Israel, all the children, they were numbered and they were all present. And went against them and the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks. But the Syrians filled the country. I don't know if you picture this like I'm picturing this. But this is something here to get a hold of. This is a pitiful army here. I, I want you to see the size of this pitiful army here. The Bible said they pitched two, like two little flocks of kids. Nobody's ever been scared of two little flocks of goats. Uh, nobody's ever been scared of a two little flocks of uh, sheep. Nobody's ever been. If I told you, hey, when you walk out the door this day, the day uh, you better get your gun in hand. Uh, you better get your kids and your wife behind you. You better be careful because there's trouble out there because there's a flock of goats out there. And they are dangerous. Y'all go, you're right. 
But if I told you, hey, you better be careful when you go out that door. You better be prepared. You better get ready because there's a flock of lions out there. If there's a such thing as a flock of lions, they're out there. They're roaming to seek and to devour whom they may seek and devour. Would you be scared? Would you be ready? I'm telling you, you would. You'll walk out different than you would thinking there's just goats out there. Amen. We would do that. If this is a pitiful army, it was pitiful in size. The enemy outsized them everywhere. Look, everywhere they said the enemy filled the country. Everywhere they looked, they looked to the right, they saw the enemy. They looked to the left, they saw the enemy. They looked in front of them, they saw the enemy. They looked behind them, they saw the enemy. Hey, all I'm seeing is the enemy. All I see is the enemy. Let me just say this. That's all I see today is the enemy. Enemies around us everywhere we look. There are enemies around us. All the children of Israel saw was enemy. Have you ever been in a place that you felt that no matter which way you look, it was nothing but the enemy standing around you? Every time you go to work, the enemy was there. It seems like everybody's against you at work. You no longer, you go home and it seems like your, your home is against you, your friends against you. You even come to church and say, hey, there's always the one that's talking about you sitting at church and he's always against you. It seems like everywhere you go, the enemy's against you. You can't get away from it. That's what this army felt like. You may say, hey, what's this got to do with me? Can I say this? As a blood Christian in this world today the world is your enemy and let me say this in the day that we live in Christians look like a pitiful army to stand against the foe today Everywhere you look, people are against you. Everywhere you turn around, people hate you. Uh, the government wants to shut you down. Uh, people have said, hey, your God ain't no God. Where's your God at? Everybody's denying God. The world is denying God. We're a pitiful army in the sight of this world today. And let me just say this. They want to wipe you out. The Syrians wanted to destroy Israel. The world wants to destroy Christians today. We are a pitiful army in the sight of the world today. They, they, they don't think the way we think. They don't act the way we act. They don't do what we do. Let me just say this. I still believe God made man and God made woman. Amen. He didn't make Adam and Steve. He made man and woman. I believe marriage between a man and a woman. I believe a man should be in charge of the home. He should raise his family in the ways of God. He should teach them, teach them in the ways of God. He should bring them up. He should love them. I still believe that. I believe that God has put us here for a reason. But the world said, no, we don't believe that way. The world is saying now we can do whatever we want to in our own eyes that seems to be right. Look at the chaos that we have in this world today. And when somebody stands up and says, no, this is what God says, they don't want to hear it. And it's not against one, but you're standing against a multitude. We're, we're a pitiful army in the sight of this world today to stand up for God. Israel was a pitiful army that stood up 
for God. I love those that are here Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We do all the things we're supposed to do. And God said, I'll be there. You ever thought that we're, we're living in a world of wackos? We are. You don't have to watch news lately to find out what's going on. What's going on in our society. We're outnumbered, we're outgunned, we're outmanned. In every moral issue, every social issue, and in political issues, they don't act or walk like we do. But I still believe God is God. We're a pitiful sight in the eyes of this world today. The children of Israel was a pitiful sight in the eyes of Syrian, but God still prevailed. Notice this. You see the strength of this pitiful army. They had some strength. They whipped the army that was there three times the size, not just once, but twice. God gave them the victory. They were the little guys, not the big guys, because they were not leaning on their own strength. They weren't leaning on what they could do. They weren't leaning on their own power. It was not by their might. It wasn't by their power, but it was by the power of the unseen hand of God and by the power of the mighty God that gave them the victory. Listen, I'm not leaning on my strength to get me through the valley. I'm not leaning on my own intellect or try to pull me through the darkness and the times I go through. I'm glad I know somebody that has a plan. I'm glad I know that somebody's on my side. That strong, mighty arm that can pull me through every valley experience and every dark times of my life. And he's there. He's with me. He's walking with me today. He walks with me through those times. He's there. I read this story and I thought it was real good. This little boy was in the old time. He was looking in the, in the candy store and he was standing there. You remember them little big jars with those gully whoppers on them and all these things? He was standing there looking at him. And finally, the guy comes and says, what can I do for you, sir? He says, I'd like to get some of those gumballs. And boy, that, that man looked at him and said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. For a nickel, you can get as oh, much as you can hold in your hand. That little boy said, for a nickel, I can get as much as I can in my hand, and I'll have it. He says, Yes, that little boy reached in his pocket and pulled that nickel down and walked out the store. He said, wait, 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 you left your money here. About 10 minutes later, he comes walking back. He said, sir, the nickel I get a handful and I can keep what's in my hand. He says, yes, you can. Daddy, reach in there and get me a handful of gumballs. He said, wait, wait, what are you doing? He says, you don't understand. His hand's a whole lot bigger than my hand. You don't understand, God's hand is a whole lot bigger than my hand. Amen. 
My hand's small, but let me tell you what, God's hand is big enough to reach into that jar and grab you a whole lot more than you will ever grab yourself. Amen. God is God. Pitiful army standing against the Syrians. They were outnumbered, outmanned everywhere they looked at the enemy. Can I say that you are looking at the same circumstances today? You are outnumbered, you are outmanned. You say, well, there's a bunch of churches all over the place. Not every church that has a name of church on the outside is of God's. Amen. They might be telling you anything you want to hear to keep you there. Hey, they'd be telling, hey, whatever you want to do is fine as long as you're coming tired. You can come and do all you want to. Not every church in this world belongs to God. You realize the devil has some churches out there today. Bible says, be mar- marvel not, the devil himself be transformed the angel of light. You don't think, I ain't going to get up there, but I'm going to say this. You don't think there ain't no devil standing in the pulpit today? I can take you to some churches today, and let me just tell you, they will blow your socks off on what you hear. Be careful. Pitiful army. We're standing against the odds. We're outmanned. There, there is a proving of the Almighty. God has got something that he wants to prove. In this story, today you may say God ain't got nothing to prove to nobody. You are absolutely right. God ain't got to prove nothing to anybody, but he wants to. But he wants to. Verse number 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus said the Lord, because the Syrians have said they have made a charge against God. Do you realize not only does God hear what they say. Listen, not only what God hears what they say, He also hears what the enemy says and He hears what you say. Be careful what you say. The Lord is God in the hills. He's not God down in that valley. Therefore, because of what they said, God said, I will deliver thee against the multitude into thy hand, and ye shall know that I am God. He's going to be proven by the Almighty in this text. You say, what is going to, going to prove? He's going to prove something wrong, and he's going to prove something right in this text. First, he says, I'm going to prove wrong in the slander. These people have slandered the name of God, saying God is in the mountains and he's good in the mountain, but he ain't good enough in the valleys. So God's going to prove them wrong. How's God going to prove them wrong? He said the way he proves them wrong, the same way he does today. How's God going to prove the slander that people say today? He said it's not God. He's not God today. It's not good enough today. He said in the text, I'm going to do it by you. Wait a minute. Didn't you say the battle was yours? God says, I'm going to prove the slanderous people of this time and the slanderous people of today that they are wrong by using you. By using you. You just look around the pitiful army that we live in today, that we have today. We have no power, we have no strength, we have no ability. But he uses our feebleness to highlight 
his power today. It's not by my might. It's not by my strength. It's not by yours. It's not by his. He says, in the darkness of the lost world, if you don't run the message, listen, if you don't get nothing out of the message today, get this. Stop proving the slander of the Lord to be right. Now, every time you get in the valley, throw your hands up and walk away on God. I've seen enough of that. I've seen enough people says, I, I love God, I serve God, I want to be with God. But as soon as they hit a valley, as soon as they hit a little bump in the road, they throw their hands up and say, hey, I, I'm out of here. I, you know what? What you're telling the world is uh, everything was a fake. God ain't real. You say he's God on the mountain, but he ain't God in the valley. You're telling the world he is not God. We've got too many people throwing their hands up and walking away from God just because of a little bump in the road. There's a song called Another Little Curve in Life Road. Let me tell you what, you go, you, you go down Life Road enough, you're going to hit some curves. And if every curve you hit, you throw your hand up with God and say, hey, I'm through with God, I'm walking away with God, you prove the slander of what people say today that God ain't God. You're telling the world, hey, you're right. It's all been a fake and a show. Amen. That's what you're saying. That those have been here. Well, I've seen them come. They've been here. Woo! Love God. Serve God. Want to be with God's people. Oh, that bump here. I'm out of here. They've left. You can hear them squilling tires going down the road. Got to get out here fast enough. They're, they're proving the slander right. They're proving it. They're saying God is not good enough in the valleys. God is God in the mountain to do amazing things in the mountain, but God ain't good enough. Listen, Christians have allowed the devil to slander our God and our Savior because every time they get into the valley, they walk away. The best way to prove the slander wrong when everything bottoms out in your life you get up on Sunday morning, you put your nice dress on, your suit on, get ready and you come to church. You come singing the praises of God. You stand in the church and raise your hand and say, Amen. You sing with the things of, of the songs of Zion. You just get a glory about it. And hey, it may back, you might be in that valley. It may back everything be turned around against you. But let me just say, to prove them wrong, you come in, you start singing and raising your hand and saying, Amen to God. And guess what? It won't take you long for that hand of God reach down and grab a hold of you and pull you right on through that valley that you're living in. But you got to say, hey, I'm going to praise God no matter what's going on in my life. Amen. You say, well, I'm facing this. Praise God. I might die. Praise God. Hey, I don't have no money. I don't know where the next meal is going to come from. Praise God. God will pull you through that valley. God will pull you out of that darkness you might be in. You come shouting and joy and worship. You know what? It ain't nothing like worshiping now. God puts the worship in you. He knows the valleys that you're in today. 
About time for you and I to raise our hands. About time for you and I to say praise God. It's about time for us to show joy of what God has done. God has been too good to us. I told you what Wednesday, I don't remember Wednesday. If all you get out of church is come and sit in a pew and get up and go home, you don't get nothing else, you missed out. You've missed out. I mean, I love people to praise God. I love people to say, hey, my, what, does it cost you anything? It costs God a lot. It cost him his son. He died on the cross for you and I. Well, thank you. Put him in a tomb. He rose on the third day. Thank you. There's no excitement in Christian's life today. If, if you can't get excited what God has done for you in church, how in the world are you going to get somebody else to come to your church? Amen. Come on, amen. Y'all ain't excited about it. There's a glorious day coming. I, I'm telling you, there is a day coming. Woo! There's a day coming. Them clouds are going to split back and Jesus is going to call his church out. There are going to be some sitting in the church going to say, where did everybody go? Amen. We're not excited anymore. We've got comfortable. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. To stop the slandering of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior today, you need to prove the world wrong. By not, no matter what you're going through, you can come to the house of God and worship. You can come with joy. And you come with a song in your lips and a song in your heart. And you just start praising God. And that will prove the slandering devils of this world. Y'all wrong. God is still God. He's still God. That's what the story of Job is all about. For 40 chapters... There's a contest between God and the devil. And Job was the focus of the attention. The devil tells God, hey, you let me have him, I can have you curse you to your face. God said, go ahead. You don't know him like I know him. You don't know him. I, I see him every morning getting up. I see him making sacrifices. I see him praying every morning. You don't know him like I know him. The devil said, let me have it. He said, go ahead and touch everything you want to, but he can't take his life. And for 40 chapters, the devil goes after Job. One event after one event, his family, his finances, his possession, everything, his friends, his wife, turn against him, everything. For 40 chapters, the devil's all over him. Now, we would not have the story of Job if in the middle of that, Job says, I'm through. I'm walking away. I'm just packing my bags, what I got left, and I'm heading out of here. We wouldn't be reading the story of Job today, would we? But Job said, hey, I know my Redeemer liveth. Woo! 
when you get that down in your heart, you know that he lives, you know he's there, you know he's coming back. It, he knows my ways. He knows my ways. And then God said, yeah, watch this. Gave him back double what he had. Ah, y'all didn't get that. He gave him back double. The devil has robbed you over and over and over and over. We've sat around. We get a pity party going. Oh, why is me? Woe is me. We want everybody. We come to church sometimes. We want everybody to jump on my bandwagon. Oh, woe is me. Got my pity party going on. I want the whole church to be pitiful. Hey, I don't want to be pitiful. I want a joy in your life. You're going through this? Oh, praise God. Amen. Oh, I don't think I can handle it no more. Rachel, I'm going to stop singing for a while. <laughs> I, I, I think I'll, I'll quit teaching for a while. I, in fact, I think I'm just going to stay home for a while so I won't have to worry about it. I, I may be back. There may be some joy coming in my life sometime again or another, but Lord, I just got to go. That's the problem with Christians today. It's a problem. Get in that valley experience. It looks like we're outnumbered and outmanned. Everywhere I turn is the enemy. How many of y'all have read the last chapter of the Bible? Do you believe it? Do you, do you believe it? I, I really, have you really read the last chapter of the Bible? Woo! What a, what a glorious day that's going to be. Amen. When Jesus, I shall see. Amen. There's a proving of the Savior here in this story. He proves them wrong. There is a proving of the Almighty. There's a powerful ascendancy. Verse 29. What do you mean? They were fixing to come up out of there. He's getting ready to come up out of that valley. And they're going from out of that valley with more power than he did when he went into the valley. Can I say the goal of the valley today in your life is not that you come out on the other side worse off than when you went into the valley. It's that you come out on the other side better than you went into the valley. It, it, you come out on the other side with a closer walk to God and more power than you had when you went in it. Listen to this. Some people are doomed to repeat the same valley over and over and over. Why is that? Because they never learn the lesson in the valley when God gets them in there. If you don't learn the lesson that God has you to learn in the valley, you're doomed to repeat that valley over and over until you learn that lesson. Verse 29. <clears throat> 
And they pitched one over against the other seven days. So it was that in the seventh day the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred and thousand footmen in one day. Now did you notice that? When God gave them the victory. Notice when God gave them victory. It wasn't on the first day. You, you know when we pray, Lord, I need this. And we expected that afternoon. You can come to the altar, Lord, I really need this to happen. You expect it to happen this afternoon. God didn't give them the victory the first day. He didn't give them the victory the second day, the third day, or the fourth day. I, I can imagine, I can see the children of Israel down there encamped around by the armies and Lord, do you see what's happening here? I can't go nowhere. Everywhere I look, I see enemies. I, Lord, when are you going to show up? What are you going to do, Lord? But I see them being faithful to God in the valley. Lord, nevertheless, I'm going to stay right here. Because I trust and believe in you. On the seventh day, God gives a victory. The seventh day, God decides to do something. Number seven in the Bible is this number of perfection. God is completing something. He's perfecting something in the valley. God's trying to make his people perfect in the valley. And the only way he can do those, make a Christian perfect today in the valley because he cannot do it on the mountaintop. There must be some valley experiences in your life that God brings you through to make you better than what you are today. You see, when God intentionally brings you through a valley, yes, God will bring you through a valley. you can mark it down when God gets good and ready it's the seventh day when the season was over and God has sent the lesson that he wanted them to learn there was a coming out they came out of the valley the devil and flesh cannot keep them in the valley the 100,000 soldiers could not keep them in the valley. 100,000 was killed. Another 27,000 killed when the walls fell on them. Let me say this. If you're in the valley, if you're going through a low place, a dark place in your life right now, don't quit. Trust in God and walk through the valley. Because there is a coming out party somewhere on the other side. There's a coming out. God knows where you're at. But he's not going to bring you through that valley until you learn the lesson that he has you to learn. They came out on the other side with the right story. Years later down the road, I see some of the old gray-haired men sitting around and their grandkids get up in their laps. Papa, tell me a story about the armies back there. He said, buddy, let me tell you this. We were in camp by the Syrians. We were outnumbered, outmanned. 
We didn't know what to do or how to do it, but we kept faith in God. We kept trusting in God because the man of God had come and told me, hey, believe in God, trust in God, and God will see you through. And we came out on the other side in victory. God gave us a victory in our valley. God gave us a victory in the mountains. So God is God no matter where you're at. You may be in a valley today, but God is God. You may be on a mountaintop experience. God is still God. He's not changing. Let me ask you this. How many of you sitting right here right now have stories of victories in your life? Let me say this. Are you sharing them with those that are around you? Those who got kids and grandkids... You, you need to be telling them about the victories God has given you. If we raise a generation that never hears the victories that God has given you, we'll have a generation that will never have victory in their life because they cannot trust the God they have not heard about or said anything about they haven't heard. If God has given you victories in your life, then your grandchildren should be able to stand up and say, this is what God has did for my nanny and my papa. Amen. This is what God did for my mom and my daddy. And if, my God, if their God can do that, that God can do it for me. They need to know that and they need to learn that. You need to start telling the people around you the victory that God has delivered you from. The valley that God has brought you through. And not only that, when I got on the other side, I got more than I did when I got into it. Amen. Job got double portion. Praise God. If you come out on the other side, you come out of victory and God will bless you. God will give you anything that he needs to give you. You got to trust him though. You got to put your faith in him and believe that God is God. Let me ask you this question. We'll pray and go home. Do you really believe God is God? Do you really believe God is God?